For those who don't know my story, when I was 12 years old, I was diagnosed with Tourette's and I was on medication for almost 10 years. When I was 21, I learned something called The Secret and I came off the medication overnight against everyone telling me to stay on it and I had a spiritual awakening. I meditated for three weeks straight and my Tourette's disappeared and I created the podcast to simply preach about everything that most people have in their head but no one ever speaks about, which is what the twitching was. It was too many thoughts inside my head and now I have a platform where I can speak to of people and they can get out what's in their head. I have just launched my first course and it's called Take Control and it's basically the system that I went through when I was 21 and I had my awakening. It's the same system that I've done for my parents and the close friends and family members and it's changed their life. Individual steps that we don't see as much but when you put it together as part of a life that you have to maintain and manage it's life-changing. So check out the course um and if you feel inclined to buy it buy it i reckon that it will really change your life if you're going for a spiritual awakening because i once was and these steps changed my life so if you go to talkwitholiver.com and you'll see that my course is there it's called take control if you buy it and go through it reach out to me on instagram and socials and let me know how you get on and what you thought of the course so if I could ask a massive favour from all my listeners, upon looking at my stats recently, it has occurred that out of a very humbling 730,000 downloads since I created the podcast back in 2019, that only 10% of you that listen have actually followed and subscribed to the podcast. If I could ask a massive favour from you all that listen, if you wouldn't mind just hitting that follow and subscribe button, it would mean more than you can imagine and it really does help the show grow and help reach more people in more ways than you and I can even imagine. The bigger the podcast gets, the bigger the guests get. And my aim is to grow the show big enough that I can reach out to amazing people like Russell Brand, Joe Dispenza, Lewis Howes, Grant Cardone, Joe Rogan, and have deep, intimate and vulnerable one-to-one conversations with them. I want to speak to the human side of people to show we are all the same when you get to the core, regardless of how much money or fame you have. I'm about to do another podcast with Palm. <clears throat> Any minute now, she'll be joining. Okay, Palm is ready to go. Hey. Right, how you doing? Can you hear me? Good, good. How are you? Yes, I can hear you. <clears throat> right, I am good. So, um, I am into, well, first of all, um, because of all our conversations about coffee, um, I have <laughs> reduced my coffee intake. So, I used to have like four or five a day, just mm-hmm. as if I'm like getting a tap of water. I would just go to the coffee machine, press the button, drink coffee. And I found myself lethargic and really drained and really tired for no reason my diet hadn't changed my exercise hadn't changed my sleep hadn't changed nothing had changed and I was really drowsy lethargic and I was losing things and I'm very organized and I couldn't find stuff and I'm like where the fuck is my pen where's my top and I was like what is going on and then I listened Mm. to a podcast um on about brain health and somebody on there on a diary the CEO podcast says about coffee reduces the blood flow to the brain by 30% and how he had a pilot who was drinking like so much milligrams of caffeine a day like two venti starbucks types of coffee which is like eight shots or whatever and he came off it and he's never had so much energy in his life and I was like wow so coffee actually makes you more tired if you're not tired so if you're sleep deprived it will block the brain receptors and then make you think you're not tired. Fine. But because I get eight hours sleep every night, it did the opposite to me. And so I thought, I've got to try this out. And then I cut my coffee down for one a day. Energy levels have come back. My clarity has come back. I feel fucking incredible. And now I have one a day. And, you know, I used to go to bed and have a coffee every night. Didn't do anything in terms of, you know, how quickly it would get me to sleep or the quality of my sleep as far as I was aware. But now I have it in the morning. I've got a Fitbit. And it says that, you know, I get good deep and REM sleep every night. And the ba- long, cut the long story short is that coffee was making me tired. And now I've cut back 
significantly from five a day to just one a day. And it's all because of the conversation we had um, ages ago. I cut it out for a month, didn't really see much difference. And then I cut it out again. And then I, I was back to normal. And I think maybe because I cut it out and then went back, that my body saw the effects, which is when I was really lethargic. Mm. So it was good to have that contrast of what it was like without, what it was like with. Or maybe I just gave my body a, a break, which I've never ever had. That my body's like rejecting it, and it's like, what are you doing? This is this is ridiculous. You don't need this, and yeah, because of you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know what? That's amazing. I'm so glad that you did that, and I bet that if you cut that last glass out too, you would see a world of difference. Because I actually, it's interesting. I didn't, um, I didn't really notice this until you just mentioned it, but I. I rarely have coffee maybe like once a week or once a month or like when I really, really want something, I'll have, I'll have a coffee. So it was like earlier this week, I had a cup of coffee. I was just kind of feeling a little like I just wanted to drink it. And then that day in the evening when the crash came, it was so much worse than if I hadn't had the coffee in the first place. Every other day I was fine in the evening, but that day at around like, 7 or 8 p.m. like I had it maybe like 10 ish in the morning and by like 7 or 8 I was like asleep it was crazy I was like I have never I haven't felt this tired in you know forever (laughs) so there are definitely lots of effects and if you think about just in terms of your health and your gut health like Ayurveda which is the ancient science of life and the sister science of yoga they actually recommend that after the age of 30 because your body slows down that you shouldn't have caffeine in the in the form of like tea or coffee at all i mean and if you do you shouldn't have it you know alone you should eat something with it to kind of absorb some of that effect and you know of course maybe, probably not every day you know like once in a while is fine like the body can handle it's just like you know in ayurveda they say that anything that you consume in excess it essentially becomes a poison for the body and that's where all these gluten issues are coming up right it's not because there's something inherently wrong with gluten or that our bodies are not built to to consume gluten it's actually because we're eating so much of it especially in the west that our bodies can't handle it at some point it just sits in our gut and and ferments and becomes toxic and then poisons our own body because we're unable to to eat and process as much as we eat so there's a lot that we can learn from like from ayurveda especially from yoga ayurveda from these ancient sciences they tell us so much about our bodies and a lot of allopathy a lot of western medicine comes from that but it kind of ignores that preventative side right like what about the lifestyle side like what does my gut actually need and want? And another thing that I noticed is that, um, so I recently, I was in India and I came back and so I've kind of just been like getting back into my routine. And one thing that I noticed is that I lean a lot on sugar for energy. And at some point I remembered something that I did, like I started taking in more greens. So I started having a green smoothie in the morning and that sugar craving actually completely disappeared and now when I have sugar it's a conscious decision it's not it's not like my body is craving it to the point where I'll go down to the kitchen and eat like everything I can get my hands on in terms of sugar but it's more like okay do I want to eat this donut yes okay I will eat some of this donut not like okay I feel like I have no choice so there's a lot of things that we can learn just by doing a little bit of research and, and you know it makes our lives so much better in terms of the quality of life right like the energy you mentioned that we'll have and the attention the focus just so much right the awareness level it's interesting because your dad's story with um his skin conditions psoriasis or whatever that you said he had mm-hmm. which is connected and um you know that was a massive kind of, uh, you know, when something stays in your mind because it has such a profound meaning behind it. Well, obviously, that's Mm -hmm. been in my mind ever since you said that. And, you know, I cut out grains a while ago and I told my family to cut out grains. And it's all to do when I started getting into, like, gut health. And I'm trying to say to people that, you know, grains are not supposed to be in us. Um, But when you say that it's not the grains, it's the amount of the grains that we're having. Well, I Mm -hmm. would say, mum, we have a sandwich every day for lunch toast for breakfast we have cereal full of grains our body's mm. constantly being grains and then we have maybe a main meal and it's rice or pasta grains 
it's just constant grains and um you know what just that story of how your dad cut out the bread or whatever you know the grains and it, and it cleared his skin up i mean it just shows you that that our body reacts to foods so precisely if you give it the wrong food shit will go down if you give it the right food it will thrive so the fact that you, know, you take out coffee and how my body just thrives well imagine people taking out grains and how they just suddenly lose weight and they heal their gut i mean it's crazy you can heal your gut within you know three to three weeks to three months and yet you can literally destroy it so quickly and people just continue this pattern where it just gets worse and worse and worse and um it's it's an easy fix um but it's scary how how the gut is just in control of everything and how we're just destroying it it's like you're just shitting on your your child basically and think oh yeah, they'll clear it up but they're not going to clear it up because they're relying on you but clear it up <laughs> Yeah, and you know what, I wouldn't even say that like grains in themselves are bad because it's not that we, when we did that cleanse, it's not that we cut out all grains, we cut out wheat and gluten in specific, in particular. So anything that contains gluten like rye and I think there's a few other ones, we cut those out. So we went back to kind of like, you know, if you think about humans as a race, like back in the beginning, we used to eat a lot more millets. Right? There was a lot more variety in our diets. Now with commercial farming, we kind of eat the same thing over and over and over again. Like everything that you listed out is mostly wheat based, except for rice. Rice is rice, right? But even that, like if you have white rice that's super, super processed, like that you're not giving your body the nutrients that it needs. So what we actually ate during that time was we ate a lot of millets. <clears throat> and we change them every single day, right? Every single day and every single meal, we change them. And even rice, like we didn't eat white rice, but there are so many varieties of rice. There's brown rice, there's long grain rice, there's short grain, there's red rice, there's black rice. Like there's so much out there that we don't even know about. And it's giving our bodies those different nutrients that we need, right? So, but now if I was to go and say like, okay, I'm only going to eat brown rice every single day, three times a day, that's it. Like, you know, I'm going to run into the same issues that my body's not able to process as much as I'm giving it. So it's just about moderation, right? And, and another thing in Ayurveda that's incredible, that was really an eye opener for me is that when we did that cleanse, it wasn't just my dad's skin that got better it was also like his arthritis right and it was also like it was also his memory loss now get this this is insane so if you do a little bit of research on Ayurveda what you'll see is that and I have some posts about this on my blog and what you'll see is that there are three main I think we've spoken about this before actually there are three main energies right there are three main doshas they're called doshas and what they are, they're composed of the five elements, right? So earth, water, fire, air, and ether or space. So these three doshas are a combination of these elements. And every single one of us is made up of some different proportion of these elements. So our bodies have certain tendencies, have certain, mm, certain balances that we need to keep, right? And based on our doshic balance, our meals should be should should match that right like if i'm more fire which i am actually i'm more pitta vata so that's fire air and ether if i'm more of that then i need to eat things that reduce those because i have a tendency to have imbalances in those types of imbalances right so in the context of my dad so the imbalance that he had was air right so the vata he had way too much in his system which caused now think about the qualities of air air is dry air is mobile, um, air is cold generally. So these are the things that he was more prone to, right? Like his skin was super, super, super dry to the point where it was cracking and bleeding. Uh, his mind was so restless and mobile that he couldn't remember things, right? Even his joints were hurting because it was there was no stability there, right? Like there was too much internal movement of that energy in his body and so once we start to change the change the diet bring the elements back into balance you start to find that all of these symptoms go away and you can actually google 
um, you know, vata imbalances, like what does it cause? What do pitta imbalances cause? What do kapha imbalances cause? And you'll see that a lot of lifestyle diseases are caused by this, which stems from our diet, right? So for my dad, he had a severe vata imbalance, which caused arthritis, which was starting to cause memory loss, right? So first the vata starts in your body, specifically your joints, then it'll move on to your mind, right? If your mind has too much air, it's so, so restless, you're going to start to forget things, right? It starts to lead into things like Alzheimer's, right? Thing that, things that we've classified and called in the modern, in, in the modern society and modern science and modern medicine as Alzheimer's or, you know, these types of diseases. So if you think about fire imbalances, what happens? You get really, really hot inside, your hair starts to fall out, you start to get freckles, you start to get heartburn, right? This is excess heat in the body. If you just cool it down by eating energetically cooling foods or meditating or doing cooling breath work, then you'll start to balance that, right? Like there's so many things that you can do. There's so much wisdom and knowledge out there. It's just a lack of education, right? Like people just don't know. And, and once you start to dive into the science, you start to see like, there is so, so much that we can prevent and, and it's very empowering too, right? Sometimes we think like, oh, male pattern baldness, for example, this is happening to me because I'm a male and in my family, it just happens. That's not true, right? Actually, what's happening is that you're following the same diet that your dad had, that your grandfather had and your forefathers before him and that's why they've all had male pattern baldness and that's why you have it too, right? Like, and this example goes for everything. Like, you can reverse a lot of things just by changing your diet and your lifestyle. And, it, and all of the knowledge is at your fingertips. Yeah, so um, I know somebody who, um, her dad has prostate cancer and her, his two brothers also had prostate cancer. And I think she said that they, they live in the same city or, or they don't live in the same city. And we're trying to work out, you know, how did this happen? Now, a lot of prospect comes, comes from diet. And then she said, oh, but they uh, they live in two different types of the city. So the food there is different. The bakery is different. The, the sandwich shop's different. It's just different environment. So I said, well, the only other reason that's happened is that when they were younger, your parents or your grandparents, their parents fed them certain foods and they've become accustomed to those foods and have just eaten those foods throughout their life in different parts of the world where they live or their gut never healed from those younger days where for example they gave them say for example sandwiches every day at school that when they're 18 and they leave home they basically had a leaky gut and it doesn't mean that you have to put bad food in after that point for problems to get worse it's just the fact that if you have a leaky gut then anything that is not good for us will end up penetrating the, the gut lining and cause havoc in other ways. So it might not even just be the food that they are eating at 50, 60 years old. It could just be from back in the younger days that, you know, they had a bad diet and then um, it's just continued. And then I said, there's, there, there's a, there's some singers called the Nolan sisters in the UK. All five of them have cancer. Their mum had cancer. I think two of them have died. The other one's just been diagnosed with cancer. And I said, you know, if you if you believe that cancer is hereditary, and your sisters have got it, and your mum's got it, well, how can you not tell yourself that you're going to get it? It's like, mm. how can you not look at, how can a dog not look at a sausage all day dribbling without being tempted to eat it? It's like the inevitability, you're going to eat it. Now, the inevitable is that if all your sisters are getting it and dying, you're going to get it and, and you're going to die. But it's like, you've created that in your mindset. Um, you know, if you don't change a pattern, the pattern will just continue. And for whatever reason, the vibration of those the family members—they're all they're all overweight. You know, they all smoked. Just simply being overweight, you know, that's that's a problem in itself. Let alone the smoking and the drinking and the stress and all the other stuff that comes with it. I mean, these are factors that didn't have to happen um, if you knew why they happened. And so many people they just accept patterns as patterns, especially hereditary patterns. And as you said, you follow the same pattern that your ancestors followed, you'll end up with the same results. Mm -hmm. And if you become aware of it and change it, 
and um, it's the hard part is becoming aware of it. The easy part is changing, but the hardest part is simply, as you say, having access to this information. Mm. Yeah, you know, I would say that there are certain things that, sure, you can say that you're more predisposed for whatever reason, right? family reasons or environmental factors or whatever but once you have that knowledge you also have the power to change it right you can do what you need to you can eat other things you can change your lifestyle you can change your habits like there's so much that you can do and a lot of people just don't do it they just resign themselves to yeah well this was in my family so I'm kind of doomed to have it and it's it's really sad to see, actually. And, and it's interesting, you said this thing about mindset, and it's very, very true, right? If you've conditioned yourself to believe a certain thing, then, and it, become, and it can become very subtle, right? Like, you'll do certain things, or you'll be more likely to do certain things that will prove to yourself that your belief is correct. So it, it becomes a conscious continuing of that pattern, whereas if you were to dive in and do that work, then you can end that pattern, right? And it, and it goes for everything and not just physical health diseases or physical health related things. It, it's also like, <clears throat> it, it reflects in the opportunities that you think that you have or you think that you don't have. It reflects in what you do with your life and you know the travel that you may or may not do, how you interact with people, how you interact with yourself as well. And I would say that that's the most important thing because people in your life will come and go but the one person that will be with you from the beginning to the end is yourself and if the way that you're talking to yourself is not supportive and healthy and nurturing then then you are your biggest like you're the one dragging yourself down it's nobody else um so you know as we as we know when you um vibration like you put love into a room things respond plants respond the rice experiment where it stays fresh if you give it love and if you give it hate then it goes black and whatever well simply the thought of that language right your body your body hears that vibration the same as if you sit out loud whether you sit inside or outside it's mm. the same vibration so when people are you know, simply just talking to themselves in the mirror, saying, oh, I'm ugly, I hate myself, why am I fat? That's negative vibrations charging your body. It's not doing you good. So simply being around negative people, bitching about people, moaning about people, even if you're just listening and not saying it back or getting involved in bitching about people as well, simply just being in that environment, hearing those sound frequencies of your friend moaning about somebody or your colleague moaning about the boss, your brain is hearing those frequencies. It's changing your whole body's vibration, which is changing your, the cells in your body. You've got to be very careful what you say, who you speak to, who you listen to. Even hearing a conversation at the bus stop, that isn't positive. Your brain is absorbing those frequencies and your cells are changing based on the, what you're hearing. Mm -hmm. So, for example, People who do, you know, charity cancer runs, right? You know, these people believe that cancer is a problem that we hope to fix as opposed to it's created by us and what we're doing to ourselves. So let's say you've got somebody who believes that cancer is hereditary. Once you get it, you're fucked and you can't control it and there's no cure, etc., etc. Well, if they go on a charity run, and they hang around people all believing the same thing who've lost family members to cancer you are now vibrating at the frequency that everyone else is vibrating and those people are vibrating at the frequency that their family members loved ones who passed away from cancer is or was vibrating at before they passed away which mm. means that you are all the breeding ground for cancer you are all vibrating at the perfect frequency for the disease to develop in your body so simply by believing in something for good or for bad, your body doesn't care. Your body's going to vibrate at the frequency its environment is in. So even doing that, as good as it is on the outside, when you take yourself out of that picture and you understand what's happening on a cellular level and an energetic level, you'd never put yourself in that vibration. You'd never put yourself on a field of, of, of cows if, if you need to come back smelling like shit. 
you know. And what we're doing is we're putting ourselves in fields with cows because the roses in the field look nice or because the cow looks nice and it's got the softer stroke. You don't realise you're spending a shit at the same time. And, you know, this is a huge human problem, which, I mean, I think it's just life. Uh, I don't think you can really do anything about it, whether you become aware of it or not. You can't tell billions of human beings to, you know, stay away from their friends if their friends have, if their friends have got a problem, because you want to be there for your friends to listen to them. But the reality is that hearing them get angry and, and you know moan about their partner or their boss, and the, the energy is like they're intense when they're actually explaining it, like they're they going mm. through the motions of anger of their boss or their partner. That energy field is probably within a meter of you when you're sat next to them and you're absorbing their energy. The same as you shouldn't just have sex with anybody because your energy field is interlinked with theirs. It's not just an orgasm and go, it's your whole energy, your the vibrations of your fluids is all in sync and you're absorbing all that energy. And um, yeah, it's uh, if you could see it under a microscope, you just simply wouldn't do it, you wouldn't be there. You know, it's really interesting because, <clears throat> like, oh, I think I just forgot what I was going to say. <laughs> no, no, right, okay, I, I came back. So it's interesting because this is the reason that there are people who practice, like, this is the whole purpose of spiritual practices, right? Like, there's no way, just like you said, there's no way that you can avoid everyone who has negative tendencies in their lives right because us ourselves like we ourselves will have moments when we get very angry or we get very upset and we're we want to share that right we want the support of our peers and our family and our friends and the people around us we want to feel better right so there's nothing wrong in someone who's sharing their problems it's just the effects of that right so if you are a listener to that if you are the person who is on the supporting side it's very, very likely that, as you said, you're going to be pulled down into this, into this energy, right? And this is the importance of having a practice that you do every single day, that you, you know, cons on a consistent basis, is that you cleanse yourself of these energies that are pulling you down, right? You keep your own vibration very, very high. And something that I'd like to touch on here is that not only that yoga is one of these practices and meditation and breath work and, you know, all of these things can help you keep your own vibrations high but a lot of the times when you when we talk about vibrations people don't really <clears throat> get it right like they don't really accept that it's a thing so just to kind of ground this into modern science if you look at it from a quantum mechanics perspective like i remember back in university when we were studying this and you know it was a whole bunch of long complicated equations that you don't see any numbers you just see variables and things and you have to really understand but at the end of the class what it came down to is that when you study matter when you study the things around you when you study like chemistry and blah 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 and like these things that we take to be fundamental particles in our world there's actually nothing there it is just a vibration. So our classical model of like, okay, you know, there's a nucleus that has the proton and the, and the neutron and around it, there's the electron that kind of like goes around and around and around. This is completely false. So actually it's just energy, right? It's just energy. If you were to really look at it and you were to keep going deeper and deeper and deeper and just like closer and closer and closer, you would see that there's nothing there. You would find that there's actually nothing there. <clears throat> now this brings up a lot of questions in in the field of, of particle physics right like what actually happens and like how do we get from there to where we are on a growth scale but you know that's like a whole other topic and there's actually a disconnect between quantum physics and classical mechanics because they don't haven't found a way to bridge that gap but you know if you follow this then you know about the Higgs boson that came and it was kind of like this field is what gives mass to this energy which has no physical presence right it has no physical um form it's just something that is an illusion and now if you look at like yoga scriptures right things that were written thousands of years ago this is exactly what they'll say is that there's consciousness and then there is this scintillating energy that is always moving and it creates the form of the world around us 
right? And there's a lot of things, a lot of things, a lot of implications of this understanding. And one of them is that, hey, everything is energy, right? And, and, and now when you look at the scales of energy, like where you can be, right? Even just looking at your own chakra system, you don't want to be in the lower chakras, right? Because that's kind of like when you're fo- when there's lots of lethargy, you're just focused on sex, there's a lot of dullness, there's not really any creativity or so bliss exists at the top of our heads, right? That is the seventh chakra. That's the one on top of our head is bliss, right? And there's no equivalent to it, right? If you if you look at the chakra systems, you'll see that there's the positive and the negative, right? The one that goes upward and the ones that go downward. And at the very very top is bliss and that's where we want to be, but if we subject ourselves if and when we subject ourselves to these other energies that pull us down you know by lending that sympathetic ear and there's nothing wrong with that don't get me wrong i'm not saying you know turn the cold shoulder to your friends and your family who are grieving or you know in a really difficult situation it's just that you need to take care of yourself first when you start to when you start to agree and nod along yeah that person's not so nice for doing this to you and and you know, you're not helping them out of that situation. In fact, what you're doing is you're making it worse for them because now they're thinking, yeah, you're right. You know, I'm right. I'm right that this person is wrong and this person's a bad person, blah, blah, blah. And what you should instead do is you can listen, you can nod, you can, you shouldn't agree, but you should give them a way out of that negativity, right? You should uplift them. Any conversation that you have with somebody should uplift them ultimately, right? Because if you, because otherwise it's the other way around, right? If they're kind of grumbling and negative, then they're either going to make you grumbling and negative as well, or you're going to lift them up to your level, right? It's just energy at the end of the day, and it's an energy exchange. So by keeping yourself at a level that is, uh, that's high, that's high vibing, that's, you know, feeling good in that blissful, aware state, you can either raise raise others up or allow yourself to be pulled down. And, and, and what do you want? What is better, right? Like, obviously raising others up, right? And, and we feel good about that too, right? So this is kind of why it's so important to, to practice that spiritual hygiene as well. It's not just about brushing your teeth every day and keeping your body clean. What about your mind? What are you doing for your mind to keep yourself in a positive state that is supportive not only to you and your environment, but to others and the people around them as well. Yeah, so um, I'm going to change the topic slightly, but relevant. So I sun gaze every day now, um, Mm. up to five minutes. So an hour before sunset, I just stare straight at the sun for five minutes and I go off into this trance all of a sudden the timer goes off and it's like wow and what I'm finding through sun gazing is it's simply just like it's almost like it's balancing my energy out. it's resetting everything it's making me become in harmony with what everything else is technically vibrating at um and even though people say it's it's not actually good um I disagree um, there's always like, you know, for, for, for and against it, but it makes me feel incredible. And as a result, I feel so happy and I can't wait to do it. It's almost like an addiction. Um, I can't wait to get my fix of the sun. And I, I do an extra 10 seconds every day and it feels incredible. And it's almost like at that point, my environment doesn't exist. It's just me and the sun. My environment doesn't exist. The stress doesn't exist. Other people walking past doesn't exist. It's just me and how I feel in that moment and even though it's good for eyesight just based on how it feels in terms of raising my energy it means that if i wasn't a low vibration throughout the day because of work or stress whatever that it basically just raises my energy back really quickly and actually i find that i can raise my energy quicker doing a sun day for five minutes than i can meditating for half an hour for some reason it just charges me more quicker than say meditating in the jacuzzi um so simply just being away from people and looking at the sun is a great way to becoming in tune to your own energy it's just like the quickest drug ever i mean everything is created from the sun um 
but how your body responds to the light when it hits the back of the eyes, goes into the brain, it's the rest of the body. It's like this quick charge of your iPhone that gives you 100% battery in like five minutes. And really what I'm getting at is, is that finding time for yourself to do something which is solely focused on you only is not selfish. It's necessary in this world where there's so much outside external forces affecting people and it's only getting worse. You can't change the outside. The outside's only getting worse. You can only go within. As the outside gets worse, you've got the inside through the sun gazing or meditation or whatever it is. You're, you, you, you can handle anything. Absolutely. This is actually a yogic practice. They will stare at the sun. And it's something that I haven't really explored, but the results that you're sharing are pretty accurate. I've done it a couple times in the morning, so with sun, sunrise instead of sunset. And I felt the same thing. If you can really, you know, just kind of cut everything out and focus only on the sun, then yeah, you'll definitely have that increase in energy. And something you should definitely be careful with. So I'm, I'm, I'm glad that you said that you're gradually increasing that time because you can start with, you know, staring at the sun for 15 minutes without blinking. Like it definitely starts with like, you know, 15 seconds and then 20 and then 30 and 40 and, and so on and so forth. But absolutely, the sun is a giver of life. And, and you know, it's one of those things that there's no really, there's, there's no downside to it. So, I mean, obviously you don't want to do it in the middle of the day when the sun is really, really strong. You have to be mindful of when and how you're doing this practice. But yeah, there are a lot of things that, a lot of benefits, right? The sun's light is very, very cleansing. It's natural light, right? So, yeah. And, and what you said at the end there is, is absolutely spot on. I mean, you need to take that time for yourself and it doesn't matter. And it doesn't matter how you do it. You don't necessarily have to stare at the sun you don't necessarily have to pull out a yoga mat it can be anything but any kind of space that you take and that you create between the world and yourself is going to be so beneficial and nourishing and we talk about rest being productive this is what it means right even just these few minutes that you take for yourself and you feel like that battery is charged right up that's the exact benefit right like that's the exact reason and a lot of things that I've kind of been sharing with with my audience and, and with my clients is that you know the more that you serve yourself the more that you're able to serve others and I know that a lot of times we feel guilty doing things for ourselves but it's like if you're not relaxed if you're not in a state of mind that is that that's positive and, and calm and loving and and creative then like, what can you really accomplish, right? You'll go through your day being grumpy and, and negative and, and pulling everyone else down. It's like, <clears throat> where does that cycle of negativity end? It doesn't end, right? It doesn't end until you consciously end it. And the way to do that is not only through food, what we were talking about before, what we started our conversation with, but through these practices, right? The way that you continuously look after yourself and your mind the things that you do for yourself and not for the people around you yeah i also said that people should have one thing at least that's their go-to like some people that they go to church you know every time they need guidance or they're stressed or they're worried they go to church you know some people go to the gym some people go to yoga some people go on a walk some people go to the spa you know, some people, their go-to is just simply TV. So they've had their long day with their kids and their work. And their thing when they come home is often eating a shitty meal, microwave meal, and having a beer or a glass of wine and watching TV. That's their go-to. But there is far more things that can be one's go-to than just the TV that actually has millions of benefits. Like, just going to like the same place that you walk that may have a river could be something that that you'll go to like i go i go to the same walk every day and i look around the sun and you know that's my go-to i go to the spa i do my routine my sauna my ice bath meditation whatever i do my sun gaze all these are like my go-to's 
it's almost like you've got a place to go home to. But in this case, I've got three, for example, the sun gazing, the spa and the walk. It means that no matter what happens throughout the day, I've got three homes. I can go on a walk. I can do the sun later in the evening, go to the spa in the morning. Some people don't even have that one thing that they do. They just do the same thing over and it's just, it's not productive. It's almost like it's all just a waste of your life, especially when it involves TV. If it's like learning something on the TV, that's great, right? But just watching TV, another film, another Netflix series, that may be your go-to, but you just, your body's dying inside. It needs something else, something that's your go-to, but it has has benefits. Like even, for example, just every day you litter pick in your area. It's always going to be litter, but how you feel when you litter picking, the exercise, the light, the outdoors, the air, the feeling of, you know, ordering and organizing and clutter to cleansingness, it does something to yourself, to the brain, far better than watching some crap on TV does. And actually, when you watch a lot of TV and films these days or series, they're so depressing. It's all about killing and death and like fear and running and trying to escape. And it's it's fearful. And, you know, when people get like the adrenaline rush of, say, prison break or, you know, breaking bad when he's trying to escape somebody killing him, as exciting as, as that is, you put your body in that distressed state for what could be like tens of hours, you know? And if we're doing that all the time, you can only imagine what our body is in. It's almost like we're thriving off this fear as opposed to thriving off this feeling of outdoors and nature and freedom. Um, without even realising, you know, you're getting addicted to tense series and death stuff. Use of that feeling. Absolutely. And you put that in such a beautiful way that, you know, like, this is my home. You're absolutely right. And you know what the beautiful thing is? The reason that we find home and the reason that we find comfort in these practices is that this is the time that we're giving ourselves to connect with ourselves, right? We come home to ourselves in these moments of of peace and stillness, of being outside, of, of you know, being somewhere where this out this exterior stimulant isn't there. So, you know, there's nothing wrong with watching TV. There's nothing wrong with once in a while wanting to be terrified by what we're seeing on TV or, you know, wanting to be put in that state. Like that is okay. But it comes back to what I was talking about before, right? And it's not just tens of hours that the stress is stored in your body. It's like if you don't manage it, it stays there, right? If you don't get it out of your system, you're unconsciously holding on to it somewhere deep inside your consciousness. It stays. And the more inputs that you put in, the more of these types of inputs that you put in, the more and more that that stress grows. Like how many people have you seen where their shoulders are like literally touching their ears because they're that stressed out? Like they literally, their shoulders don't come down. They have no neck because they're so stressed out. This is not a normal state, you know, people who have poor flexibility or poor range of motion. This is not a normal state. Our bodies are built to be 100% flexible and 100%, you know, you're supposed to have a great range of motion. Like our bodies are all built that way. Now, this is not to put anyone down, but it's just saying that it's just to help you notice how much stress is in your body. Like how much stress are you really holding on to? And by stress, I don't just mean like work stress. I mean like fear and anxiety and, and uh, paranoia and depression maybe. Like just all of these heavy emotions are stored in our bodies. And if we're not clearing them out on a regular basis... They start to build up and, and, you know, you never know like what can trigger you and what can really stay in your system. Like anything throughout our day can trigger us. It can be a conversation. It could be something that we see. It could be something on TV. It could be the news. It could be this. It could be that. It can be so many things. We just don't know, right? And it's stored in our system, right? Anytime you get kind of like, oh my God, like that scared me. And like you kind of tense up. 
like some aspect of that stays in your body, right? If you're not regularly activating your parasympathetic nervous system, so the sympathetic is that fight or flight, the parasympathetic is more that relaxing state, right? More that feminine energy of where you're kind of relaxing and, and chilling and just kind of being in that space. If you're not regularly activating that, then that stuff stays in your body, right? And, that, and that's the benefit of stepping away from everything that mainstream media, that society will feed you, is that you're actually nourishing yourself by doing this, right? Like, and to talk a little bit more on the practical side, like, okay, it can feel scary. It can feel scary to step away from my phone. It can be scary to leave my phone at home. It can be scary to, to turn off the TV and, and do something and have that empty space, right? It's like, okay, if I turn off everything, what am I going to do? Like, what am I actually going to do, right? If I'm not watching TV, if I'm not listening to the radio, if I'm not reading the newspaper or, or a magazine or whatever, like if I'm not actively consuming something, it creates a vacuum, right? Like what's in that vacuum? And it can kind of cause a little bit of anxiety in people who are not used to it. And I want to just point out that this is 100% normal. I mean, in the beginning, like if you've never done this before, yeah, it can be scary and that's okay. And, and that's the reason that you should step into it because, I mean, otherwise you're going to live this life that's like this perpetual state of fear and anxiety and fight or flight like your entire life and if that doesn't scare you <laughs> then I don't know what will but <laughs> really like stepping away and, and moving into even if it's the gym even if it's a yoga class even if it's a dance class even if it's going for a walk or sun gazing or um, you know getting an animal playing with animals or spending time with your family whatever it may be whatever it is that brings you peace that allows you to relax like you need to lean into that, right? Like maybe start with 10, 15 minutes a day if it makes you uncomfortable, like maybe, and then slowly build that up, right? But what you'll find actually is that you'll feel so good in those moments. You'll feel so good that you won't want to go back. Like I remember when I first started journaling, for example, it was really just me talking about my day. Okay, I did this, this happened, blah, 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 this and this and this. And that was it. There was no like, real deep emotions coming out but as I continued the practice that's when it started happening right that's when I started to release things that's when things started to come out and things started to come out onto paper that I didn't even know existed inside of me and, and that's where that freedom comes right that's where the release comes from it's not from hiding those emotions and habits like smoking or drinking or or a casual sex or TV or social media or whatever it may be, like whatever your vice is, like name it, it's not going to help you, right? In the end, what you're doing is, is, is you're pushing that trauma or that stress in your system further down, which only will make it show up in other ways, right? Think about a bag. If you keep putting things in and, you know, when the bag is full, like things are going to start coming out of the top. And if you keep shoving things down by putting more and more stuff on top, eventually that bag is going to rip and it's going to come out in a different form, right? Whether that's physical disease, mental disease, whether whatever it may be, it's going to show up in a different way. And it's better that you start to deal with that, right? Whatever that looks like start to take that time out for yourself and start to do this for you because literally nobody else can do this for you. Yeah, I find that <clears throat> observing, observing people that, you know, in this life, there's nothing to do but from, apart from to find something to do. You know, a bird doesn't have much of a lifespan and, you know, most of its time it's spent flying across where it is to get a worm or to get sticks for its chicks. And after it's built the nest and fed the worms to the chicks and the chicks are fucked off that the bird's time to go is time to go. Like he's too weak. He's done like a million trips to get the, the hay to build the nest that his time's over. And when you think about adults, when we're at school, our brains are occupied by something that is given to us to do. And then we leave school we go straight to uni, straight into a job. Our brain is given something else. Okay, and let's say then you have a kid. Our brain is now occupied doing whatever the kid needs done. Taking it to football, taking it to the doctors, feeding it, putting it to bed, giving it a bath, washing him, whatever. 20 years later, the kid fucks off. Now what do you do? 
it's almost like we know we don't have time to find ourselves because there's always something to do and even today i don't want kids i don't want marriage i don't want any of that crap <clears throat> and so today i'm thinking to myself i could do anything right now i've been on a walk i've gone to the spa i've gone to the gym now what okay i can cut the grass but i cut the grass on the weekend okay so i can walk the plant okay that takes five seconds what am i gonna do after that okay so i tidy the plant pots i put some old mud into a bag binned it <clears throat> I did some weeding, I raked the grass, okay, so half an hour passed, now what? It's almost like, what do you do when there's nothing to do? And the answer is, to do something that makes you feel good. And then I thought to myself, I used to get myself into debt, just so I could find a way to get myself out of debt. And I would never have any money. I still don't have any money. I would break even. But I realised, me getting myself into debt was about me having something to do, to get myself out of debt and I've watched a dog throw its ball in the river it jumps in the river gets the ball goes back out drops the ball in watches the ball flow to the middle jumps in again and gets the ball the same as it will bury its bone just so it can find it again and dig it up what does that say it's saying that we need something to do and it could be anything but obviously you only want to do something that makes you feel good so it's like okay write down a load of stuff that makes you feel good litter picking cooking drawing painting cutting the grass feeding the plants taking chili seeds out of a chili and planting it you know watering it that's all giving you something to do at the end of the day there's nothing to do in a life apart from to do something and if you've not got something else to do like looking after the kids cooking for the kids going to school studying you're there with nothing and I find a lot of people, their life is already, their purpose is already given to them by someone else. That they never have time to find their own purpose. It's just, you're in that motion of school, college, kids, marriage, dead. And, um, you know, by that time, there's just, it's like you even blink to think what the fuck just happened. You're just in this flow. And then when your kids fuck off, five years later, they get grandkids. And now you're getting invited over to your grandkids' house. And then you're, there's like 10 grandkids, not just two children. There's now like, there could be like 10 grandkids. So now you've got to buy them presents. You've got to look after them. Or you've got to write 10 birthday cards, you know. Then you've got to, then they come over to you. So you've got to plan the food and get everything ready. And then all of a sudden your life is being created for you. But you haven't had to find a purpose, mm. you know. Yeah. You know, there's a depth to life that you will never find unless you go looking for it. And so, you know, what you said in the beginning or like just this sequence that you've laid out that actually society has laid out for us. I mean, you're not meant to go looking afterwards or before. You're meant to go looking during, right? And it is possible. You can have a balance between you know, that spiritual side and that material side, it doesn't have to be all or nothing, right? Like all of these things that you've described, they're regular day-to-day -day things. But if you base your life entirely on that, like, of course, you're going to feel unfulfilled, right? Like what is like, where's the juice? You're just like, that's like you get, I don't know if you've ever had like sugar cane, but you know, it's like you're just getting the husk and all that sweet juice inside is, is, is lost somewhere. And the reason is that that juice is inside. You have to go inward. And the common denominator in all of the things that you mentioned is that they're all outward facing activities, right? You go out, you go to school, you go to work, you have kids, you, you get married. I mean, hopefully you get married first, but it actually doesn't matter. You have grandkids, you cook food for them, you buy them gifts, you do this, you do that. But what about the inner experience? What about the inner infinity, right? There's a positive infinity and there's a negative infinity. And, you know, we, we as humans have the gift of being able to explore both. And, and I really love that you brought up these examples of, of the animals, right? The difference between them and us is that they don't have that luxury. They can't go inward the same way that we can they're ruled by nature they're ruled by when nature tells them when nature tells them it's time to mate well it's time to mate there's nothing else right when nature says i'm hungry then these animals are going to go look for food right there there's no aspect of 
self-realization. There's no aspect of thinking like, okay, what is the purpose of my life? But why am I here? Why was I brought to this plane of existence? What am I actually here meant to do? And we as humans have the luxury, have the gift and, and the blessing of being able to do that. And what are most of us doing with our time? It, 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 nothing, right? We're letting it pass by in these material mundane things. And, you know, this actually, and these thoughts are what started me on my own journey is that I just remember thinking like, man, what is the point of all of this? And, and I had quit my job at that stage, like early into my, my, my career, because I thought like, well, if I died tomorrow, I would have spent my entire life in this framework saving for quote unquote when I have enough money to enjoy my life like that's like the worst excuse I've ever heard for anything I mean you'll you're never gonna have enough right because you define what enough is and as you have more money your expenses increase and and you still won't have enough you're gonna get a bigger house you're gonna get a nicer car you're gonna get all these things you're gonna have kids then then it's their expenses it's like the expenses will never end but your inner journey, that inner space is, is waiting for you, right? It's sitting there. It's like this, this gold mine of, of things that like, yeah, sure, you have to clear away some of the rocks to get into that mine. But once you do that work, it, it's just gems and gems and just, just beautiful things that are waiting for you there. And that's where the joy in life comes from, right? Like it's not just from you know, the, the satisfaction of, of buying a new car or buying new electronics or you making your house look pretty on the outside and pretty on the inside. It's, it's more like, you know, noticing the little things. It's having that awareness of, of not being swept up into like other people's storms of emotions, of being there to be able to support people and make them smile and seeing that twinkle in someone's eyes and, and just, you know, really being there, noticing all those things. And at the same time, like, feeling that inside of you because beauty exists on the outside because it exists on the inside we're only able to to really appreciate something because it invokes some emotion in us right like you know if i'm looking at if i'm staring at the wall here or like out the window and all i'm seeing are just these cars and the road and people driving by like there's no it doesn't invoke any feelings inside of me i don't find it beautiful because inside me nothing happened but when I go somewhere when I see a baby or when I see like a newborn like smiling at me or, or if I go somewhere beautiful where you know there's just mountains and trees and lakes and water and birds and, and blue sky like that invokes a wow inside me right like and, and that comes you know being able to enjoy that comes from being able to step away from all the stimulants in our life it comes from being able to connect with the emotions inside us, with the sensations, with what's actually happening, right? And, and that, that experience, that infinity is waiting. And, and you know what? The beauty and the power of it is that you can access it right now. You can, you know, go away from this conversation, turn off all your electronics and just sit with yourself and, and just notice like what's going on inside me? Have I ever looked at this? Do I know how to deal with this? Maybe I could learn how to deal with this so I can experience peace and bliss. You know, there's there's so much, so much. Right. Let's uh, let's end that there. Anything you wanna promote or anything? I um, would just love to invite everyone listening to check out my website and my Instagram page. At this moment, there's nothing that I'm launching, but if you would like to join my email list, uh, then you can head on over to my website. Um, parmsyoga.com p-a-r-m-s yoga.com and you'll see a pop-up come up and you just put in your email address and verify and and yeah you'll be on my list and you'll be able to get all my blog posts and like everything that comes up all the new things and all the updates all the things and if you follow me on instagram then i'm a lot more active there now so you'll get posts every day you'll be able to interact with me directly ask me questions and all the things so yeah head on over and i will you there yeah a lot to think about thank you very much for your wisdom mm -hmm. thank you so much for having me once again i love our chats they've always passed by you know what i can't even believe it's been an hour it feels like 10 minutes <laughs> i know um yeah it's just amazing when you 
go off on a deep rant that you have to answer with the deep rant. It's almost like it always matches what you put out, ask them to come back. So, uh, yeah, that's that's the power power of it all. Mm, yeah. All right, I'll speak to you soon. Yeah, see you soon. Bye. Uh, bye bye.